0: Welcome on to The Backstretch. I'm News 5's Heather Williams. And of course, I think we need to start this week with the blockbuster report out of The Athletic that Kyle Bush is set to join Richard Childress Racing as early as this Tuesday. I say blockbuster because it's been swirling around in circles for several weeks now, probably over a month, that this was a possibility. But I don't know that anyone believed that it would actually happen. Take you back in time, 11 years ago, I'm working in Kansas for a TV station in Wichita, Kansas. I'm at the Kansas Speedway after the truck race, and all of a sudden it just starts buzzing, right? There's like this this buzz. And we all hear the story we all know all too well now about Hold My Watch. If you don't know the story, basically the story legend lore i think it's pretty much been confirmed by the two parties now is after kyle bush got into an incident on the track with austin Dillon at the in the truck race at kansas richard had had enough he went up to kyle because he was tired of of kyle his racing his him always getting tangled up with his cars and trucks said to his uh associate handler whoever with him in the garage at the haulers hold my watch and then proceeded to punch Kyle Bush. I don't know how you go from that to being able to coexist, race together. Austin, Richard, Kyle are all fine and dandy with it. But even if he doesn't end up signing with the RCR, all indications are that he will. Kyle's said so much on Saturday afternoon at Kansas that they're fine. They've made up.
1: I think you grow up. And um, you work through things, and you, you talk it over. Really, it was, it was fine the first time I sat down with them. Everything was, was okay. And the um, biggest thing about it was just having the opportunity to, to kind of, um, you know, put that behind us. No different than going on the Dale Jr. download and talking about 2008 and, and crashing at Richmond. You know what I mean? So um, just you get through it, and you talk about it, and life moves on.
0: So, of course, the next domino that will fall after that will be in the number 18 car. And don't think for a second that's not going to end up being Ty Gibbs. I mean, that just seems like a foregone conclusion. As good as the kid has been filling in for Kurt Busch at 23-11, it just seems like a logical choice. He's going to drive his entire career for his grandfather, uh, much like Austin at RCR. So you might as well get that started, you know, early. The 19-year-old's holding his own. And... That seems like a logical movement going forward. Also, the other big news this week, of course, is the all-star race heading to North Wilkesboro Speedway. Now, if you followed me or listened to me for any amount of time at all, you know this is something that I've been advocating for for a long time. Ten years ago, I was talking about how I thought that NASCAR should take their all-star race on the road, that they should run North Wilkesboro and Rockingham, and the nashville fairgrounds and whatever other old nascar tracks are out there that they can get cleaned up and in good enough shape to hold an all-star race you don't need as many seats in an all-star race you know you need the nice facilities and stuff which is already happening at both nashville at least planned for nashville and for north wilkesboro but i just think this would be a great homage to the history of this sport NASCAR is going to celebrate 75 years next year, and I just think this is the fitting return to its oldest track, or one of its oldest tracks, by going to North Wilkesboro. So I'm in love with this idea. I think it's my idea. I don't know if NASCAR heard me, but I know other people have heard me talk about it. So I think this is amazing. I cannot wait. I will probably be there for that race. I was at practice for the Super Late Model race that they ran a couple weeks ago, and the turnout was fantastic. Said it before, I'll say it again. If turnout had been like that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, NASCAR would have never left North Wilkesboro. But we have a chance to make amends. I think this event is going to be amazing for the sport, and I can't wait. So this week on the pod, we will, of course, catch up with Chris and talk about the other headlines of the week. Uh, We're going to double back and get that interview with Austin Dillon that I promised for last week but couldn't get because I had computer issues. And then we're also going to catch up with Jeff Burton of NBC, NASCAR on NBC to talk about this week's race at Bristol. Jam-packed show. Let's get started. I'm joined, as always, by our crew chief, Chris Carrier, who also happens to be the crew chief for the number 75 food country truck in the Cape World Truck Series. The 43 car returns to Victory Lane in Darlington, 55 years to the day after Richard Petty last won there. Chris, obviously there's been some tough years with the equipment and the sponsors for the 43. How much has the addition of Eric Jones and then the folks from GMS helped turn this organization around?
2: Well, this is a... I feel, Heather, is, is a completely different organization than it has been in in very recent years Uh, you know this the, the team the number the petty name the petty organization has you know we don't have to document the long history of success and then some time when you know there wasn't a lot of success and some tough times and now they've come back and and they've uh, Richard Petty has partnered with the people with GMS, who is Ma- Maury Gallagher, uh, a good friend of mine. Mike Beam is the president of that of that organization, and a lot of experience there. So, uh, man, I think it's a cool deal. But it really that 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 statistic that you mentioned, 55 years since the since the 43. To the day, had been in Victory Lane at Darlington in the Southern 500. That's uh, I heard him say that on TV, and I think no, no, they've got that wrong. Said so, no, 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 no. And well, Kyle
0: funny. talked about the broadcast. This was yes. not one of Richard's better tracks. No,
2: no, it wasn't. Uh, in fact, it was one track that I think, if the truth was known, he probably hated.
0: Another car catches fire during the race, this time it's Kevin Harvick. Chris, NASCAR made some changes to the cars to try to keep them from catching on fire a few weeks ago, but how big of an issue is this?
2: Well, I, Heather, I, I, I think any time there's fire and there's repeating fire, whatever the causes are, um, it's, it's a big deal. Uh, it seems a very complex situation. The rubber build up in the right side rocker panel, which is inside the door at the bottom of the, at the bottom of the body, uh, clogging up in there and getting on the header of the tailpipe, which is very hot. And then in, in it with, along with that rubber is also some oil and fuel and this and that and other, and probably a little bit of paper trash and just stuff that comes up off the racetrack, but it's getting up inside there and it's, and it's, it's, it's stacking up against that tailpipe. And eventually it, it catches fire. These are the top things. These are the things that they need to get, get on the quickest. And I, and I expect, personally, uh, we have to get through this year the best we can. I hope they can fix some things. If it's a quick fix, okay, but at least at least calm some of this stuff down. And then I think over the offseason they'll maybe, uh, maybe reboot some stuff, put re, push reset on some of this stuff and maybe try to come out with a little bit better, safer, more durable product. You know, we saw, still saw some bent rear tie rods, you know, guys getting in the wall and they come around, their right rear wheels pointing toward California somewhere, and the other cars, rest of the cars, pointing toward Maine, and, and uh, you know, that's knocking some cars out. Uh, Chase Elliott, I think, was the one, that, you know, and so that's, that's not good. Uh, probably need to figure out a way to beef that up a little bit and not to uh, not have so many failures. But uh, again, as, as big as this project is, it's not, it's, you can't expect to not have some issues.
0: It made a somewhat surprising move in the middle of last week and they swapped the 45 and the 23 drivers so that the 45 car could continue its run for an owner's championship. It seemed to pay off this weekend, at least as Bubba Wallace helped the 45 jump up two spots in the standings. Chris, what do you think about the move of switch, switching? Uh, Wallace and the rookie Ty Gibbs.
2: Well, I, I think they, you know, they they stepped back and they said, okay, uh, the regular driver of this car, Kurt Busch, is out for the year, and that you know, car owner points pays a big dividend too, not not as the driver points and sometimes the car owner points are forgotten, but to the team and the team members and of course the owners, the people in charge of the finances, it is a big deal because it does pay money and it, it is a pride thing also. So I think this team stepped back and said, okay, how, how what's our best scenario here? What can we do to better ourselves and come out with the best situation? They've got an experienced driver in Bubba Wallace who they, they know is going to be there for at least three more years, I think, after this or whatever. Uh, he's been running good here last, this last half of the season. He's been running better and better. They're going to say, okay, we're going to put our most experienced driver, the guy that has, ha- can, can probably get the best finishes in the 45 car, and that's going to be a benefit to us. And we'll put Ty Gibbs in the 23, let him finish that out. He's going to have some good finishes too, but he, you know, let's face it, Heather, he's, you know, the, kid's, the kid is a, a, a bone rookie in cup racing. He's going to be a superstar, but he's not going to be a superstar ne- next week. So uh, I, th- I thought it was, I think it's very, I think it was kind of a, a very good prowess on their part, thinking ahead and thinking how, how, we can, how we can better ourselves and get the best results for our team, our organization, our sponsor. Uh, and our owners, and I think kudos to them. And it also gives Bubba some high pressure experience in the playoffs, even though that's he's right. not in the drivers'
0: playoffs. Click your heels together three times because NASCAR is headed west for one of three intermediate tracks in the postseason. What is the key to getting around Kansas?
2: Heather, Kansas is, uh, I think, a, 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 a race a, a, a racetrack that's a driver favorite for this fact that that it's a fast track mile and a half, got some banking, pretty smooth, pretty grippy. Uh, so when you got new tires on there, man, you can go cat go. The guys wanting to make headway into the, into the next round of the playoffs, some guys are going to have to make, they're going to have to maybe swing for the fence this weekend to try to get good finishes or wins to, to punch their ticket to the next round. <laughs>
0: Joining us now is Austin Dillon, driver of the number three Chevy. Thanks for joining us, Austin.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: So I feel like Darlington was like just total chaos, but somehow you were able to kind of get an okay finish, move up in the standings. Uh, Do you feel like just to escape relatively unscathed from, from Darlington was a win? Yeah. You
1: know, you got to look at the positives in it. You know, we, we struggled the entire night and still uh, moved forward in the point situation that we were in. So um, all in all, I'm proud of the guys for building a strong race car. I just uh, wish that um, we would have showed more speed throughout and tried to take advantage of, of more of those guys misfortune, but um, you know, positive outlook going into Kansas. I feel like our simulation um, run uh, yesterday went well. Um, we're going for all of it there. I mean, we're going to try and go sit on the pole and we need to run from start to finish inside of stage points. So um, if we can do that, it really puts us in a good spot going into Bristol and, um, you know, try and take advantage of it. Cause Bristol is going to be one of those things too. I mean, I, I I foresee Bristol being as crazy as Darlington, probably crazier just because of these cars. We don't know what to expect 500 miles around that rough concrete track. I mean um, you know, anything can happen. So, we just need to put ourselves to the best position we can when it comes to points.
0: So do you look at the race like Bristol and, and go in trying to win it? I mean, you've been very good there, especially in the Xfinity cars, or is it just going to be so different that you'd rather maybe build up more of a lead at Kansas and then see what happens at Bristol?
1: Well, you just, you never know because Bristol is one of those places where wreck can happen off of turn four and you're leaving uh turn two and, and you're in it. So it's, um, you want the buffer for sure. I think everybody does, but, um, if we have, if we're in a must, um, makeup situation, we, we just attack it. You know, everything changes. You get a little looser in your strategy. So, um, we'll just keep it fluid over the next two weeks, but I know going to Kansas, we really want to get after it and, um, try and bring home something solid.
0: You're an old veteran at this playoff thing. Are you surprised at how tight it was going in and how crazy it's already been or the new car just sort of breed that kind of racing?
1: I think it breeds that, and then in the first couple of weeks of playoffs are always wild if you look back through history. So, um, you know, that pressure cooker gets pretty, pretty hot pretty fast. So um, we're running out, of, running out of races, and that, that uh, oh, next, well, there's next week. You start losing those, and uh, mistakes are made. I mean, the crew's mechanics are tired at this point in the year, and you really got to bunker, you know, tie down everything and make sure that you've got something strong to race.
0: So Kansas this weekend, you said you're looking forward to it. What's going to be the key to a, to a strong run
1: there? Um, I, I think, you know, it starts with qualifying. Um, past that, the ability to maneuver a bit from the top lane, um, make some passes if you can, um, entry and and kind of slide up the track. And, you know, it's a wide track, but really it's, it's become more and more dominant to run the top there. So we're focused on that. And then, hopefully having a little bit more maneuverability than the last race we had there.
0: All right. Brag a little bit on your, on your Carolina Cowboys. You guys, guys got another event coming up this weekend. Talk about that for me.
1: Yeah, I'm pumped up. You know, um, we won our first event in Austin, Texas, the same week that, uh, we got the win in Daytona and the guys are ready to ride here and defend the home turf. And, uh, it's going to be cool with the, you know, hometown crowd advantage and just go out there and have some fun. I love watching these guys. They're, they're special and, um, they're crazy. That's for sure.
0: So, I mean, that's not too far from here. It's probably the closest event for people in this part of the country. People want to come. What do they, how how do they get tickets? Where where are we going to exactly?
1: Yeah. So it's the LJVM Coliseum in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, You Get your tickets at ticketmaster.com. I think there's a code you can unlock and get a discount. Go Cowboys. So check us out, come down. If you're not busy this weekend and uh, you'll get to see the, the world's best against the world's best bulls. So, um, and cheer for the Cowboys.
0: So last week I had a chance to talk to Jeff Burton of NASCAR on NBC at this little event that they do for Southeast media affiliates, NBC affiliates in the area. And so here's that conversation I had with Jeff. First of all, the playoffs obviously started with Darlington. Kind of, uh, it doesn't really seem like other than Chase Elliott that anyone's really put themselves out there. Can you kind of just tell me, like, is there a favorite this year?
3: Well, I, I think there, I think Chase Elliott's a favorite, but I don't think he's as big of a favorite as we've seen in the past. I mean, he's separated himself over the last six weeks, eight weeks, but before that, it was who knew who the favorite was. So it's very close from second to sixteenth. is really close. Chase has a little bit of an advantage, but not enough advantage uh, to just to just mail it in this first round. He's going to have to go and compete and have success.
0: Bristol as a cutoff race. I mean, we saw last year at all three of the races how crazy it could be. Is that like? I, I mean, like Daytona last week. Is that about as wild as it could get for a cutoff? Yeah.
3: So, so the cutoff races—Bristol, the Roval, and Martinsville. There's a reason they're the cutoff races. <laughs> you expect madness. You expect chaos. And then this year, this whole year has been like that. This this year has been so unpredictable. I have no idea what's going to happen every week. I just don't know why this going to change. I think that's going to continue all the way through the playoffs. I think that. There there's just it isn't one team that's just out there dominating races, and I just think that's going to continue.
0: Do you think the next gen's a big reason for that? I mean, it feels like everybody's driving around like they're Superman because these cars are so equal. Yeah.
3: Well, I, next gen has a lot to do with it. There's no question. There's, the Next gen, has there were so many changes with this car that that means there's opportunity to make a gain somewhere, and it's also an opportunity to be behind in places. So it's just such a new ball game. It's a, such a different car. I don't think we've ever had a change like this in this sport before. Uh, and yeah, that's had a lot to do with why we have so much uh, chaos every week because you just you don't know what to expect. You you never like you've never been to the Darrellville with that car. You've never there's some tracks you've never been to with that car, and you, that's the first time you roll on the track with that car. It was that right then. And it's in the playoffs, and that's that's just going to create, I think, a continued uh, huge diversity in who can win and who can. not
0: so 2311, they're in the owner's championship with the 45, and they made the, the switch with the drivers. Uh, a lot of people, I mean, I can explain it, but probably not as well as you. A lot yeah, of people yeah, yeah. have been asking me about that. Kind of explain why they would want to do
3: that. Well, it's a little confusing. There is an owner's championship. You know, we focus on the drivers, but it is an owner's championship. And the fact that Kurt Busch won a race early in the year, that locked them in the playoffs. They finished high enough in the points to be in the playoffs. So that that team is in the playoffs. That car number is in the playoffs. Bubba Wallace Bubba Wallace wasn't as a driver. So Bubba Wallace is now going to drive that car, which is the same company, you know, they own two cars. I like the move a lot because it gets Bubba Wallace an opportunity to experience the pressure of the playoffs, to experience what it's like to go to Darlington having to deliver. And it's a different type of pressure because it's not his name, it's the car owner's name. But it's still that pressure and by the way it is michael jordan and it is denny hamlin so you do want to deliver and i think it just creates an opportunity for bubba to take another step in his career experience matters and the opportunity to do things that you otherwise wouldn't have had an opportunity to do i think makes you stronger and makes you tougher
0: for my final thought tonight i want to talk about change i know that change is hard right i just got a brand new computer because As was well documented in last week's pod, my computer decided it had enough, it wanted to retire, it was done. So the keyboard just stopped working. I was able, thankfully, to rescue most of my items on my computer, however, this computer is completely different. Things on the keyboard are completely different, turning it on and off are, where the little things plug in on the sides are completely different. All my passwords are gone, the layout is different. It's change, and honestly, I hate it. We all hate change. We get used to our routines, even if you work in a sport like I do or in a job like I do where no two days, two days are the same, we still have our little routines, our things that we do every day, and we get stuck in them. NASCAR fans are the same way. Like, we hate change. I mean, just turn on Sirius XM Radio for about 20 minutes and you will see how much NASCAR fans hate change. But sometimes change is good. And I think in the case of both of this week's two big stories, I think change is good. If you've been paying attention to Kyle Bush over the last month as he's been searching for a job, his personality has kind of changed. And I think it's in a good way. Like, I still think he has the ability to get fired up and, and keep, be Kyle Bush, but not when he doesn't have to. And I think if you've ever seen any of Kyle Bush off the track with his son, Brexton, with his wife, he's a really nice dude and he's done some really good things for fans so i think this change in scenery might be a chance for him to maybe change his reputation his aura a little bit so you can really kind of see who kyle bush is other than the black cat he's always going to be the black cat nascar needs the black cat ross chastain's also the black cat and ross is the same way off the track ross is an amazingly kind human being so but i think it's good for for Kyle to get a a change of scenery and just a change of who he is. New sponsor, new race team. I think this is good. I also think it's good the change that's going on with the schedule. Going to North Wilkesboro for the All-Star Race. Adding a street race in Chicago. Like opening up the sport to both old fans with the return of North Wilkesboro and new fans going to Chicago, going to Coda. I just think this is amazing. I... I'm embracing this change. I am wrapping myself in it in a big old checkered flag of change. And hopefully NASCAR fans will catch on and learn to love this change because ultimately I think it's great for the sport. That will do it for this week's edition of the Backstretch. We'll see you next week.